You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now off a giveaway, Islanders country. Hello, this is P.T. Isles, the Believe edition. Alongside No Fogelman, I'm Oz Blog's Joe Bono. A reminder, you can listen to this show and all Lighthouse Hockey podcasts on iTunes. Please rate and review or find us on Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or over at LighthouseHockey.com. Lighthouse Hockey, your SB Nation home for your New York Islanders coverage. Noel, I don't think you slept much last night from what I hear. Neither did I, and it had nothing to do with my two-week-year-old. You were at game six. Tell us all about it. Wow. So I've been an Islander fan for, I would say, since the drive for five, so 84. So it's almost 40 years now, 30, you know, 37 to be exact. been going to Coliseum. First game was 85. As you can tell, I lost my voice a little bit, <laughs> like many Islander fans from uh, Thursday night. That was the most unbelievable experience I've ever had. And I'm sure I'm not alone. I'm sure more than 13,000 fans who were there can attest to that. It was electric. I was a little nervous when they uh, scored the second goal, Sorelli in the second period, let the steam out of the uh, arena for a little bit. Their five on three power play also let the steam out, but the steam, it's like the undertaker. You got to bury the steam. You got to nail the casket. Cockroach. Exactly. You know, and a lot of people think the Islanders, including their fans, are cockroaches. But you know what? Who cares? <laughs> they keep coming back. You know, that Jordan, uh, Everly goal, 
desperately needed that. Um, I was a little a little concerned why he was going backhand there, but what do I know? Because totally full Vasilevsky. That got the crowd right back into it. And noted goon, Scott Mayfield, who everyone wanted barred from the league on Twitter, apparently. What a shot. And we know how critical I've been of uh, Scott Mayfield over, over this past year. I take everything back. He's been fantastic this offseason, this uh, postseason. That snipe yesterday was, was fantastic. He's got one, a sneaky good shot. And that erupted. And from that point on, it was just lights out. When Villiers scored that goal, I've never heard a place louder than it was people hugging, the jubilation, the relief, everything. And then, you know, everything get thrown on the ice, whatever. I mean, I don't, I'm not a you know, fan of that, but whatever, as long as it didn't hurt anybody. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of funny because the Coliseum, they always take the caps off the drinks. And, you know, because you don't want to throw us on the ice. All right, we'll throw the bottles on the ice. Who cares? So, but no, no caps, you know, save the And caps. a shoe, and a shoe, as we saw and today a shoe, on yeah. Twitter. So there was, was a shoe that was sitting on the blue line. Yeah, it was and, like uh, Jordan, yeah. People wanted to know what the the backstory was, and of course, there was a full length video with the story of um, the guy chugging beer and then grabbing a shoe and flinging it onto the ice. So you're yeah, asking, well. and and you shall receive. But you know, these things don't always go according to plan. As a as a as a fan, you want to believe in these magical moments and and how they're all going to kind of come together. And even when your team is behind the rally and these amazing moments, if you're a Mets fan and the Yankee, Yankee mystique, et cetera. But, you know, we've had buildings close um, under not so fantastic circumstances in the New York area um, in recent years, Uh, Shea stadium in 2008, Mets finishing a second collapse, losing on the final day of the season to the Marlins. Yankees didn't make the postseason in 2008, didn't have, even have a playoff game the final year at Yankee right. Stadium. Giants got um, demolished uh, before they closed out Giants Stadium, although the Jets, um, I guess, Jets. did play and won the final game yep. at the Meadowlands at a game I was at, uh, freezing cold against the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, right. won that very easy fashion. So you don't know how this is going to go. So even as the story is developing in this, you know, the stage is set for some kind of magic to happen, it, it doesn't always doesn't always materialize but it did last night and they're down to nothing and you're like okay you know what they get one the crowd's gonna get into it they're gonna get another push they had played a pretty good game and they they had more shots on a goal in tampa you could you know they were probably the better team you know braden points gonna get his goal a game you're gonna have to live with that yeah Um, but when they had the five on three null and then did not score you're going oh it may it just may not happen here and what a lost opportunity Kucherov's out pretty much the entire game you're gifted a five on three and not able to tie the game you're not able to get on the board like you said the Eberle goal woke up the building uh Barzell was a man possessed in the third period obviously that one shift where he had the puck 25 30 seconds on his stick trying to set up everyone getting a couple shots on himself and ultimately he's the one who sets up Scott Mayfield um, for that game tying goal. And for some reason, I got more nervous at two to two. I, I don't know what you were, you were the same way at two one. It was kind of like, well, you know, they're going to be able to do it. This is an uphill yeah. battle. And then all of a sudden it was two, two was like, Oh my God, you better win this game. Now you can't give up a goal now. Yeah. And I got really, really nervous. Um, there weren't any like, Oh my God type of saves, but Varlamov uh, was, was good as well. And I'm, very thankful that we didn't have to uh, wait too, too long for the heroics of Anthony Beauvillier in overtime. Absolutely. Who had a 
horrendous game. I mean, he he was he was terrible. But you know what? All it takes is one goal, and let's get props to Scott Baker, to Josh Bailey for that pass. And he just, you know, just beat uh, Vasilevsky. But that's when, even at the end of the third, they had their, uh, they're down a man. And we all thought, oh, yeah, great. yeah. Up, you know, On 45%. the Matt Martin, high sticking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, which, I mean, it was kind of hard to tell. But I lifted the stick. Yeah, the statistic got lifted. Yeah, so, I mean, whatever. I mean, we can all kill the officials because they've been brutal for both teams and every team in this uh, postseason. So, but you know what? You know what they're, what they're going to call and not call. So you're going to take advantage of that. And both teams did yesterday. You know, Stamkos had the, uh, the cross check on Brock Nelson. We all knew the chant that came after that. And, and then, then he got his bloody nose himself yeah, later then, on. Right, exactly. And Scott Mayfield took advantage of, of it too. Don't blame the players. Blame the officiating. The officiating dictates what the player is going to do. So mm-hmm. you know what? And it's, it's just like that in the other – in the. Western Conference, Campbell mm-hmm. Conference, whatever other semifinal you want to call it. That's going on there, too. Officiating's been terrible. So let's see if the league can handle that in the, in the offseason. But, I mean, thank God it was a good quick overtime because you know, I had to drive back. Yeah, your heart couldn't take it. I understand. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was I was in the building on Saturday night. Um, right. Got a chance to, to, to drive from Connecticut. First time driving from Connecticut. Um, yeah. to Long Island. It wasn't too bad going there. And then, of course, on the way back, Throgs Neck Bridge is like a lane closure. There's <laughs> an accident. You're like, what's going on at 1230 in the morning? I can't get home. Like in an hour, it takes me an hour, 45 minutes to get home. But I was I was happy and wide awake um, after, after that exhilarating win. And you're right, walking through the parking lot before the game, and you just go, wow, this is so, this is so special. This is not yeah. going to exist, even as great as Belmont we expect it to be. This right. is not going to exist. And uh, just the sea of color and orange and blue and all the different jerseys and different ages and generations that you see and all the hijinks that are going on out there before a game. Mm-hmm. And then just something about getting into that arena, even when the team was down, was down and bad. When you get into a Coliseum and you heard the Let's Go Islanders chant, there was something always special about it. Even when, again, the team was missing the playoffs and down on the sandings, it was, it was intoxicating. So you do that times a thousand in terms of the energy before a game and then the national anthem and this new um, tradition that has started um, by accident, uh, by Nicole Ravives, um, her mic went out, audience the crowd picked it up and then since then it's kind of been a great moment for islander fans mm-hmm. to kind of showcase their vocal cords but all leading up in that build out and then in the game i was at you're after a three nothing lead it's party time and next thing you know it's three two and now you're right. holding your breath and you're holding your breath and then you think you're going to get away with it and all of a sudden you have a unbelievable to save her around the island around the world ryan pulock on ryan mcdonough and you, you look at that play, Noel, you look at the Bovillier goal, the comeback 2 nothing lead. If you're just writing a story, the Islanders are winning game seven. And the Islanders might be winning the Stanley Cup. And you want to, you want to almost protect these moments. And the way you protect these moments is by winning the series. Right. You know, they were, they were beyond special for anyone that's there. It'll be memories that... You know, if it's the last Coliseum game I was ever at, game four, it was heck of a game. Um, probably the only game that could have been better was game six, the one you went to um, last night. But to protect those moments and make them as iconic as they want to be in Islander lore, 
got to win the game Friday night. Absolutely. And you can look at other moments in like New York lore. We got the Jeter play, the flip play against the, the, um, the athletics in the playoffs. They won that series. Look at the, uh, you mentioned the 2006 Mets and the Chavez, that amazing catch. Basically all for not because they lost that game. John Stark stunk against the Bulls. Game two, 93 also, you know, forgotten because they lost the series. That save and the Pavilion goal and games four and six. I mean, they're great now. We got the t-shirts printed and everything like that. They got to go out and win. They, they have to go out and win. They haven't, and this is, they buck this trend, they're going to win the game. If they score the first goal, which they haven't done in any of the previous 18 games. 18 games. I heard that stat two two games ago. I heard that stat right. driving out to the Coliseum, yeah. listening to ESPN radio before the game. And I was like, well, was that true? I'm like, well, yeah. Eric Hornick said so, so it must right. be true. Yeah. And then they continue to do it. Unbelievable. Right. I should say that it was 18, 18 games not scoring or not having the lead in the first period. Not having the lead. Yeah. In not the having the period. lead in the first, after the in end the of the first period. period. And that's right. a Stanley Cup record. Just crazy. Yeah. Right. And this team's still playing. I mean, if you Coming back from all these visits, I think they've come back eight times already in the postseason. This team never say quit, never say die. And you just have to withstand the first 10 minutes tomorrow night. You know, because, you know, there's no pressure on this team tomorrow. There's no pressure on the Islanders. It's all on Tampa. They're the home team. They're supposed to be the Islanders in three games. It was supposed to be done already. And if you're Tampa, you score 12 consecutive goals. Exactly. You just embarrass them 8 nothing in a game like yeah. probably the worst game Barry Trotz has ever seen behind a bench right. in professional hockey on a team that he's coached. And that's coming off of an exhilarating game four win where the series is tied. Right. Yet the door's blown off. You're just non-competitive. 45 yeah. seconds in, it's one nothing. Another bad bounce, 2 nothing, 3 nothing. You pull your goaltender and... You know, after maybe just a little bit of a buzz at the start of the second period, but other than that, you pretty much were just skating around for 60 minutes waiting the, for the clock to run out. Pretty much, yeah. So if you're if you're Tampa right now and you see the way you beat them in game five, 12 consecutive goals, and you're tied 3-3 and you're playing in game seven, potentially without your best player, you're going, what the heck is going on? Right. Um, so, yeah, there's going to be a lot of pressure on them, but – yeah, there's a lot of pressure on the Islanders too. You don't know how often you're going to get here. You don't know how large of a window, and this is not a young team like we've talked about mm-hmm. before. They have a lot of players that are right around that 30 years old, a number um, that is part of their core. And uh, they're now one step further this year than they were last year by getting this to a game seven. And listen, we're recording this as the Vegas Golden Knights are playing the Montreal Canadiens in game six with Montreal leading three games two. There's a chance that the Islanders could be playing not only to, for a trip to the Stanley Cup final, but for an opportunity to host game one of the finals if Montreal were to win, which just would just be insane. Just absolutely incredible if that were to happen. So, you know, the script is, the script is there for them. Can they finish the job? Um, you know, you want you look for things that make you feel more confident about it. You know, Barry Trotz won the Washington Capitals, finally got over the hump. They were down three games to two to Tampa, won a game six, won a game seven in Tampa on their way to winning a Stanley Cup. Um, you know, obviously Islanders in 1993 knocked off a much better team in Pittsburgh by winning game six at home, winning game seven and double overtime on the road. So you look for things that give you comfort um, in the next 24 hours before they drop the puck. Yeah, and I'll uh, I'll kind of poo-poo on that a little bit because the you know, Lightning haven't lost two games in a row in the past two postseasons. 
they've always rebounded and, you know, and come back. So it's all set up for the Islanders, you know, score the first goal, have a lead going on the first intermission and just give the Tampa Bay a two game losing streak. It's, it's all there for them. I mean, like you said, this isn't a young team. There are a lot of question marks going forward. Sezikis, you have to re-sign Pellick. You got to re-sign Papoulier. Sorokin, you don't have to really worry about Palmieri, Zajac, all, all these players. But that's something to worry about in three weeks. Let's, let's... Just quickly on that, I, I put out a tweet yesterday, maybe midway through the second period, I said, Casey Zizekas, who may be playing his final game as an Islander, has had the most jump or the biggest motor in this game so far. And I got everyone ratio this, delete this. How dare you? I'm like, this is just reality. He's a, he's a UFA and uh, the owners have their issues that uh, the two time defending uh, GM of the year is going to have to try to figure out. (laughs) Surprise. We'll pause. We'll just talk about that for a second. Right. I'm thrilled that Lou Lamarillo won the award again, but I was a little surprised because I'm going so they must take into account playoffs when they're voting for this. I mean, oh, I mean, they made, he made the Tage trade, the um, you know Devon Tage trade, which he had to kind of make, forced to make, got two second round picks for a guy who had a really great year in Colorado. Right. And then he makes the Palmieri trade in response to losing Lee and getting Palmieri and Zajac. But obviously the team slipped down the standings, not up the standings following that trade. So what exactly? You know, if you want to say carrying on to the playoffs, I guess there's a case for it. And it took me a little bit surprised that Lou got it this year. Braden Fulburn, two words. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah. But no, I mean, it's the only award where postseason does factor in because they, they wait until the postseason to announce the nominees. And it's always GMs that make the postseason. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at it, it was um, Mark Bergevin. I forget who the other guy was, right? Was it... Um, the Minnesota Wild guy, I can't I can't remember who. I was like out too. I can't remember who the, the the third guy was, but yeah, I mean, like, no one even thought they'd win the first series, second series, and then they hear they're advanced further than they did last year by one game right now. Why not give it to them? I mean, it, that page trade didn't hurt right now, mm-hmm. so might as well give me the award. I mean, who cares? You know, I mean, if you, if you look at all the other awards, all the Lady Bing, I mean, I don't know if you've seen Twitter with the Lady Bing Award. Yeah. Talk about that award. I mean, it's like <laughs> a border war between Canada and the States. I mean, how dare um, Jacob Slavin from Carolina win that award over, you know, noted uh, heroes, Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid, you know? So whatever. I mean, awards are awards. The only awards I really want to see, Con Smythe. No, mm-hmm. I want to see an Islander win a consummate this year. But you know what? It probably won't. Even if they win Stanley Cup, they'll give it to give it, a, give it a carry price. They'll give it a carry they, price. They, <laughs> I'll give it a carry price. It'll, it'll happen. Mark my words, you know. <laughs> um, but wow, I can't believe we're getting ready for a game seven. I'm so excited. And just, um, you know, if that was the last game at the Coliseum, yeah. I mean, what a what an absolute perfect way for that that barn, which has been getting its due, um, I think, um, from the masses. You even had guys like Steve Dangle from yeah. uh, Toronto Maple Leafs um, fame, you know, talking about how it's the you know, the craziest, most wild you know, right. scene in hockey right now is the Nassau Coliseum. The team has done a great job of getting you know, celebrities and, and, and people who normally don't attend 
New York Islander hockey games in the arena. We're used to seeing Ralph Macchio. We're used to seeing Damian Woody now, who had an yeah. amazing video um, right. in the moments afterwards. By the way, I loved his pep talk. He was on, I guess, the uh, the Wake Up Show with uh, oh, Mike Greenberg, Mike Greenberg yeah. earlier in the day, and you know they got an opportunity to talk hockey and pretty much said, you know, you know, don't even look at the tape, just go out there. And it was a bit of a pep yeah. talk, and actually, like I needed that. That made me feel right. better about it, you yeah. know. But then they had some. You know, they've had um, obviously the Jets players there, which has yeah. been fun. For some reason, Kevin Love has been back to back. Yeah, he was there. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was there with Susan Lucci was there. Right. I mean, you know, this all goes back to ownership, though. These guys understand what they're you know, doing. And right. those people just don't find their way to the games. Yeah. People are making outreach. They know who's on Long Island. They know who may want to come. Right. You know, they bring them there. Um, and even the stuff that's on social media, like just before we started recording, the team put out another two and a half, three minute video yep. that is like a, you know, made for TV, made for HBO behind the scenes documentary, three minutes. Right. They never used to put out stuff like no. this. They're making investments everywhere it matters. It's great. And they have an owner that's out there in the corridor, banging drums after yeah. games, hugging, hugging sweaty fans, right. going nuts. It's a special feeling right now to be an Islander fan. Yeah, it's fantastic. And I don't even know if, if they mentioned the broadcast, but uh, Tim Tuffle was there from the, you know, the 86 I heard uh, Greg Wyszynski posted, I guess they they kind of hinted at the 1986 Mets being there and then they didn't show anyone. And then they showed Tuffle later. I guess Tuffle yeah. might have went to the bathroom or something. <laughs> Probably, yeah. And then uh, Allie Long from the women's soccer national team mm -hmm. was there who uh, two chugged a beer. So that was that was pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That should that should uh, that should carry over, I think, as a as a tradition to Belmont. Oh, if you're a celebrity, you gotta you gotta chug a beer. Yeah. And uh, speaking of beer, we'll spend a moment on. I I didn't have a big deal with it. You know, a lot of people went overboard. The broadcast crew, uh, Boucher and Olchek. Right. I mean, I'm fine to mention what's going on. Like you say, oh, they're throwing you know yeah. beer cans on the ice. They should be careful. Their you know their team is still out there, a little dangerous. Right. That would have been it. They went on and on and on. I'm not sure if you went back and listened. No, they were lecturing, like literally lecturing, you know. And, and it, was, it really did take away from like the moment a little bit. Like the one. team's out there yeah. and you're getting ready for them to announce the three stars. And Kenny Albert was pretty quiet about it. I think it's something you mentioned and touch on, but they really yeah. dwelled on it. Um, a little bit and I, can, I understand listen you don't want to see it I don't think it's unnecessary I'm not someone that would probably pick a beer camp and no. throw it I, I I honestly don't know too many people I think I don't know too many people that right. would have but obviously there were people that felt differently that were there yeah. at the moment and uh, you know I'm sure they weren't really full even if some had some residue at the bottom um, and no one got hurt so it is what it is you know some people had fun with it again Wyszynski said you know beer can confetti you know raining down at the Coliseum right. and, you know where else would that happen so in some ways it was a bit of a very appropriate you know um, send off you had Bovillier after the game saying you know this place smelled like cigarettes now it smells like a beer okay. he also had him talking about how he you know he's answering questions after the game he's basically saying I blacked out blacked like I can't out. tell you anything that just happened you right. know just fantastic answer yeah absolutely I mean, I look at it, I mean, the Islander fans basically contributing to Casey Zika's contract next year. Mm -hmm. so just collect them, give them to Lou, and it's his contract next year. You know, because <laughs> you know, obviously the, uh, you know, the Lightning can play with like, you know, $20 million over the cap, and that's allowed, so. Might and maybe well. Andrews Lee won't come back until the playoffs next year. Yeah. Although he looks like you, you're wondering about, you know, what right. is the captain doing during this, during this period? You see him, 
you know, obviously up in the press box watching yeah. the games. And then you get these, you know, these little clips of him doing drills during, you know, uh, optional skates. And he looks pretty, pretty good. You know, yeah. I think if they actually won a cup or won a trophy, they, he probably laced on the skates and come down and, sure. and uh, yeah. go around and go around the rink. But you see him now in the, in the dressing room and these behind the scene videos announcing the starting lineup, being there, shaking hands with the guys. And you can see how very much involved he still is. Right. As a, as a very vocal uh, captain in the room for that group, even though, we, as we talked about a week and a half ago, how much it must be absolutely killing him that he's not on the ice. Um, he, he looks as thrilled as ever for his teammates. Absolutely. And this is, I mean, the next best thing, you know, keep him involved. You know, he's the true captain of this team. And um, yeah, I mean, if somehow we're still talking about this a couple of weeks from now, he's definitely going to be the first one holding the cup in full gear. You know, mm-hmm. he's not going to limp over there and crutches or anything. He's going to mm-hmm. skate over, you know, she finish his hand and pick up the cup. So, man, I can't believe we're in the position we're in. I just can't believe that this is it. It's still unreal that this it is really the New York is. Islanders that we're talking about. For years, I used to be, you know, I know the Rangers never got over the hump and they got to the final and lost a very, very close five game series to, right. to the Kings. Um, very frustrating series, I'm sure, um, if you're a Ranger, if you're a Ranger mm-hmm. fan. But I used to think, I'm like, wow, they gave them so many great moments. How many, how many game sevens and overtime right. winners, you know, St. Louis and Derek Stepan. Yeah. I mean, they had these, such great moments. And I'm like, wow, it must be great to be part of a, of a fan base that goes through these kind of runs year in and year out. And, and here you are as an Islander fan now, and they've given you now, you know, three consecutive years of winning playoff rounds, but right. now two consecutive trips to the conference finals. I mean, there's only four teams still playing. And them and the Lightning, the only two that have been playing this long for the last two years. Exactly. I think them and the Lightning have the most, you know, playoff playoff games played in the last two years. Right. So this is, and I forgot who it was. I think maybe it was Larry Brooks in the post today wrote about, you know, win or lose, this Islanders team will forever, you know, be in the hearts and minds and memories of, of this fan base and everyone associated with it on Long mm-hmm. Island. You know, the 93 team was kind of a flash you know, it really was just like a flat, like a shooting yeah. star. You know, they didn't really have any success prior, didn't have any success yeah. after. This is a team that's kind of grown together, large parts of it. Um, so it's a, it's a different feel. But you know, uh, you know, it's it, all they're all they're really missing is 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 that cherry on top, which is getting to the final and winning the cup. Right. Um, but uh, a special special group nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, well, tomorrow's gonna. I mean, it's gonna feel like an eternity to eight o'clock. It's, I mean, like, you know, I'm a little bit older than you and like a lot of listeners. So I remember, nine, you know, 93 vividly. Uh, obviously, Easter Epic, which was fantastic as well. You know, even a couple of years ago, I mean, I'll mention his name, the Tavares game, you know, mm-hmm. against the, the Panthers. I mean, that was an amazing moment that kind of people have already forgotten already because it happened with Tavares, happened at Barclays Center. But cap you want. I mean, there's so many things that people tend to forget now about that franchise because of the last three years under you know Barry and Lou. But th- that was an amazing moment. So the last like five years, we've had these amazing moments, and just let's not you know let's end on these notes. Let's there are a couple mm-hmm. more chapters to write in the story. 
So it's, you know. And every team that's playing, you know, feels as if it's their destiny to win the cup until it's not. Yeah. Right now, the Montreal Canadiens feel like it's their destiny. If you're right. a fan of the team, down three, one the Toronto, you come back, you rally, you sweep the Winnipeg. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, uh, and, you know, it's kind of like the uh, 99 Knicks. You know, you, um, you know, it's three, you know, you win game five in Miami, you sweep the Hawks, you win six in six games yeah. in Indiana. You're like, they're going on the magical run. Next thing you know, you just run into a better team and you're out in right. five games yeah. against the San Antonio Spurs. So, we shall see how it happens, but um, I'm very happy that I'll be watching uh, as a nervous wreck on, on, on Friday, Friday night um, and hope that it's um, a sleepless night for the good reasons and not for the, uh, not for the bad reasons. Um, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll have our Isles Buzz segment on some other fun, fun items happening around Islanders country. You're listening to PT Isles, part of the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We're back. P.T. Isles, Joe Bono, and a horse, uh, Noel Fogelman, who I believe also got a new hammock for Father's Day. Yes. Uh, Can you tell us about the hammock? Sure. It was a surprise for Father's Day. Uh, I had a previous one that, if you know, hammocks, it was kind of like a banana sack where it kind of folded up. So if you go in it, you kind of get sucked in. And it wasn't very comfortable at all. So that one's currently in my shed. My lovely wife, Jody, and my kid surprised me with it. And it's fantastic. I spent a good two hours in it the other day. Nice and comfortable. I mean, if I can get away from the family, I would spend more time in, in the hammock. But uh, happy belated Father's Day to all the fathers out there, especially you who got the greatest Father's Day gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. Got to also introduce my um, father and my brother to uh, their niece and their uh, granddaughter on Father's Day. Did not get a hammock. Uh, the house we bought in Connecticut actually came with a hammock. So oh, uh, hopefully that, yeah, so that was good. <laughs> came with a lot of problems like all houses do oh, that I've been working working my way through uh, over the last uh, right. few months. But uh, hammock, hammock has, uh, has been as advertised. Um, some other things going on I just want to talk about briefly is Someone that's having an amazing postseason, um, not actually someone who gets on the ice or laces up the skates for the Islanders, but I'm talking about photographer Dennis De Silva, who um, I followed for a while now. He would have a lot of game day photos um, that were really nice. And then he kind of has, has exploded in the last few weeks, in part because he has gotten these amazing reaction shots. Um, from Frank Borelli and Borelli's and the live videos that they're doing for Barstool Sports of these reaction shots first during the Islander Bruin series and now they've kind of carried on but not with the exact not with the exact same um, buzz because they had the you know Feidelberg and they had the Boston um, personalities there watching and Borelli's um, them but those those got a ton of attention and he has been doing an amazing job just going around the Coliseum and taking these very I've never seen anyone really take photos the way he kind of does with lighting 
um, all different fans kind of showing how excited and pumped up they are and just random shots throughout throughout the game. You know, we're so used to seeing the, you know, the Bruce Bennett's of the world and their amazing live game footage, but I get very excited to see what Dennis is able to come up with um, over the course of, 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 of these games, just walking around the arena and capturing, capturing um, these special unique moments, um, you know, night in and night out. So I wanted to make sure I get, get him his due because he's just done an amazing job this postseason. Absolutely. And if you take a look at the ones yesterday, he took with uh, John Ledecky. In the, in the concourse with the fans, it's just unbelievable. You know, mm-hmm. it's such a candid shot, and you know, Ledecky looks like a madman. He, he it looks, it looks, it's unbelievable right. how excited he is. I know it's he's not in the press box; he's down. We watches yeah. these games down in the in the stands with the fans, and that's yeah. what I would. If I was as beloved as John Ledecky, that's where I would be too. Absolutely, the only thing I'm missing is him just chugging a beer, and I, that'll probably happen <laughs> after Game Seven tomorrow night. <laughs> Let's hope. Yeah. But did you uh, hear Chris King's call of Abelier's goal? You only hear a part of it because as soon as the goal gets scored, you really can't hear Chris King yeah. anymore. Right. Fantastic. And I guess he made the rounds. I think he was on the Dan Patrick show this morning. I think so, yeah. He was on yeah. the Dan Patrick show this morning as well. Um, he, um, What I didn't see that I wanted to see, maybe they're just holding on to it just to kind of you know stretch out the, uh, the, um, the content. But for the... Pulak saved. They had a camera on him and Greg Picker when he made okay. that call. And you had Greg Picker in the background, and his jaw was down on the ground right. for a good ten seconds as that play unfolded. I was hoping that maybe they would have uh, the same video of, of Kinger uh, calling that Bovillier goal. And and as we talk about announcers, I mean, how excited were we all that Brendan Burke was going to be calling Game Five, five thinking yeah. that I mean, was, <laughs> I mean. And he was, you know, he's so self-aware, Brendan Burke, too. Right. It's so funny on Twitter. So after the game ends, he goes, I told you there was a few more stories to tell. Yeah. And then he goes, by the way, I am not calling game seven. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. I got all excited, you know, him to call game seven. You got to hear Everly again, you know, the way he does it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, we were just so pumped up for him to be calling our games. And um, I think as I put on Twitter, you know, he, the, the game didn't even allow, uh, you know, Lightning fans to call him a homer you know there was nothing right. Islanders did well that you could even give a hint that yeah. he could even be complimentary towards right absolutely I went to the Connecticut meetup for game five and props to Eric and everyone setting up you know not only the Connecticut meetup but all the ones across the, the country there it's fantastic and how they've they've grown over the, the past year and, and into the playoffs but I, I, I left after the second intermission it was like six nothing like kids let's just get the hell out of here let's go home and we'll finish watching raw you know, I mean, the viewing party, I mean, after the letter to Laura Curran and right. they worked through all the things with NBC and, and to get the actual thing put together. And now everyone was like, we're not having a viewing party. And I don't think they are. I think, I think, no, I think people are very superstitious or a little right. stitious yeah. and uh, you know, they, they're advertising the various meetups and the bars and the cities that are going to happen, but I haven't seen anything about people going into the Coliseum mm-hmm. um, to watch game seven. Then not after, not after what happened, you had that one fan that it kind of looked like it was staged. I mean, I right. can't even believe like that was real. I know. You know. Throwing down his Pajot jersey, taking off and then running off. I guess he was going to the bathroom and then coming back and then doing it again. Right. Um, did not, didn't necessarily get uh, his name uh, of who that, who that was, but um, it was just funny that there was so much excitement and they sold out so quickly, um, the viewing party. And 
you know, it was, it was, everyone just left. Everyone went in, went home at the second period, and then yeah. there were a few people. You know, Nick Hershon has wrote the book. We want fish sticks. He was he hung around to the end. Right. Um, we getting some live updates from that, but uh, you know, pretty pretty funny how that much of a debacle that was. Oh, absolutely. Now, like what? And I mean, I know you're kind of tied to being home, but I'm I'm one where I mean, obviously they have the. And I can meet up, you know, tomorrow night too. And if anyone's interested, it's at the Liberty Rock Tavern in Milford. And there's then I get also, you know, the Queens one, New York City one, everything like that. But I'm staying home on my couch for game seven. I can't go out for this. I mean, there's so much, you know, tension and pressure, and I'm gonna be a nervous wreck. And I just mm-hmm. need to be on my couch. Like I don't know how, how you feel about the meetup. Yeah, but, it's weird. Like I, you know, you feel like you wanna be with people right. to kind of have that experience, but you miss a lot. Like even if you're at a game, you miss a lot of commentary and replays and things right. that you otherwise wouldn't. And I'm I'm obviously much more effective on social media, you know, being at home and having my laptop and being able to capture things um, as well as home. And I, I'm not a big watching games at bars because I, I I get I feel like I I'm not as immersed in right. what's yeah. in what's in what's going on. So um, but it would be really hard to stay away. Like if they were playing a Stanley Cup final game and there was an opportunity to to win a cup, like I don't know if I could just be like by myself in my house right. and not mm-hmm. um, participate in any way with, with anyone. That would probably be something I would make a yeah. concession for. I mean, you know, last night it's whatever time, 11 something at night and, you know, I'm downstairs because I have it downstairs now. I don't live in an apartment anymore. And I got to, you know, I, I yelled out, you know, when the, when the overtime goal happened yeah. and you got to worry about, you know, did you wake up the baby? Did you wake up the daughter? Did you wake up the wife? You know, yeah. you know, and I walked in walked into the bedroom like they won. She's like, I heard you. I know, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, and then she has to sit through all the replays, you know, the next morning and yeah. pretend that she cares um but uh let's see I, I would love to maybe do something if i can i don't know i need permission i mean i only got permission to go to this game because my wife told me she didn't get me a birthday gift anniversary gift or a father's day gift all of which happened in a seven eight day period and she said okay well yeah. as a gift you are allowed to go to see the island right yeah. <laughs> i love how we need permission for this stuff you know well you know the newborn yeah. stuff you know she yeah. does you know she does have a point Right now, absolutely. <laughs> Tough on our end. <laughs> um, what What's your thoughts on how the national media is thinking about the Islanders now? Like, I can't get a sense of whether or not they're being complimentary or it's still like tongue in cheek or a little bit like, you know, how are they doing this? Smoke and mirrors type. I can't. I can't get a sense. You know, and they've had different broadcast crews for for each series, you know, I, I can't, I can't get a, I mean, Ryan Whitney from, you know, Spit and Chiplets, we know, we know how he feels about the Islanders. Um, I think he said that the Islanders and Canadians end up playing each other. He just won't watch, but he also, I think made a bet. Didn't he say that he would wait tables at Pirelli's if the Islanders beat the lightning? So that (laughs) I would hope that would happen, but I can't get a sense as to whether or not, you know, it's like, okay, we're going to give them credit. Yeah. This is, this is kind of what they do. No, they haven't gotten credit for any of these series yet. You know, and like we still have Penguin writers from the Athletic. That guy Joe Haggerty, whoever he is, that Bruins guy. Yeah, Bruins. He's he's the worst. You know, and it's just like screw them. You know, they're on the you know ninth hole, both the Penguins and the Bruins. You know, the writers just don't don't worry about the Islanders. You know what? They're not your team. Don't follow. You're not a national writer. Just you know why bother? It makes you look so so bad. But even the broadcast you know, teams, it's always what the other team didn't do 
what they failed to do, not what the Islanders did. And it's going to be the same way. If the Islanders win the cup, they'll probably still be seventh in the power rankings. You know, and who cares? You know, I don't. Well, right now, you even have a built in, you know, if they are able to win game seven and Kucherov doesn't play, I mean, that is is obviously going to be the, the narrative coming out of. Um, Tampa and other cities that they that they didn't have to beat they beat the Lightning without Kucherov and he was hit you know the cross check or however however he was hurt mm-hmm. either go that or going after Barzell um, as the reason why the Islanders were able to win uh, win that series and knock off the defending champions and you know if they end up playing Montreal it would be a well a four seed ended up being a four seed you know they'd be a, a top team out of the Western Conference or somewhere else. Um, so, uh, you know, so be it, you know, if that's, if that's, if that's what happens, uh, that, that'll, that'll, that'll be just yeah. fine. Exactly. I don't care what Ryan Whitney thinks, let him, he's a tool anyway. I don't care what he thinks. I don't care what any of the national media thinks. They win, they win it's for the Islander fans, you know, let us celebrate it. I don't, I don't care what any of the broadcasters think, the national writers, Ranger fans, devil fans, they didn't care, you know, and no one, no Islander fans should carry it. You know, if they can raise the cup, they're raising the cup. You know what? And can I'm sure people I mean, complain. The fact that we're talking about the, that they can actually yeah. win a Stanley Cup in the final season ever played at the Nassau Coliseum. Right. I mean, you might as well just say, you know, you don't have to win another Stanley Cup for the rest of my life because that'll be, yeah, <laughs> that'll exactly. be, that'll be good enough. That'll be sweet enough for, yeah. for pretty much every Islander fan that's, um, uh, been uh, been following um, this team, you know, since since the dynasty years, waiting for this type of a moment, um, you know, to come back and return. So, Noel, we'll get some rest if you can, um, because it looks like it might be another sleepless night on Friday, either in a good way or a bad way. Right. Um, but sleep this nonetheless, and uh, hopefully we have a few more sleepless nights ahead of us, um, and another series to watch and. Um, the Islanders to be on the biggest stage of them all. Hopefully next time that we're recording this and that would be the Stanley cup final, but a, a game seven that if you want, again, if you want these, you know, iconic moments to, to stick and even the memories of the series against Pittsburgh and the Palmieri goal and the Bailey goal and what they did against the Bruins and, and winning that series. If you want these moments in this run to really elevate to that next, next level, got to go out and win game seven. No question. No question. It validates everything you know, prior to the series. Yeah, drive for five continues. <laughs> <laughs> Never stopped. No. All right, so that'll do it for this episode of PT Isles. We hope we're talking to you again next week, hopefully with the Islanders in the Stanley Cup final. Until then, for Noel Fogelman, I am Joe Bono. We will talk to you next time, Islanders country. Good night. Good night.